0: All right, Brims, we are back with a back-to-school special, Jim. Number 94. Oh, we are on our way to the 100th episode recording, which, Jim, why don't you tell the Brims we have a date for them? Man, oh, man. Uh,
1: Pat McGann has been doing a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes, and uh, we're thrilled to announce uh, that October 3rd at 4 p.m. at Zany's in Old Town, we are going to be recording a live episode number 100. The century mark. We're there. Sunday, Sunday, October third. Whether you like it or not, we're going to be coming to you from uh, Tickets will go on sale soon. I think we'll probably have an
0: announcement about that next week. So right now, this is just a little save the date. little we'll save the date. Just pin it. Have it on your radar. I know you have a lot going on right now. Everyone out there getting ready for back to school, Jim. It's it's the back to school season. That's I don't know awesome. how you're feeling about that. If it ah. brings back some memories, getting, gathering your supplies, that's what uh, Sarah's been taking the lead on, getting the kids geared up, new backpacks, and there's nothing like getting in your new school supplies. Do you, re- do you recall these moments? It was like the greatest
1: feeling, isn't it? Like, I'm still that way when I get a new notebook, and there's so much excitement. It's like starting a
0: new, the chance to be a better student. Just handed a bunch of blank canvases, Really? Right? And I got never took A bag took full advantage. of potential. That's it.
1: yeah' that's it. never took advantage of it soon to be untapped that, poten- that bag of potential, <laughs> but at the beginning, the hope is there, isn't it? Oh, it's really there, yeah, you got like get... a week. I'm using like new pencils i'm I'm you know treating my notebooks well by the second week, they're like thrown in the bottom of my bag, there's like loose paper everywhere, just ripped out halfway out of the thing.
0: oh, that's what works when the kids come home, and they like close the folder. <laughs> over the paper, like the paper's in the middle of the folder, and then they <laughs> fold it. It's like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? You got a lot of uh, property of. I remember, I love that. Property of. Oh, yeah. Kat. this is mine. <laughs> put your name on everything. It's like, yeah, I spent the day put the, like, Josephine loves, she's very organized, so this is right up her alley, right? She loves putting it all together, getting everything, you know, in a organized manner. They have like they encourage the organization more than they did when we were little. They help everyone get on the same page. You have like a binder that has all the subjects in there. It's um it's really something. But then they still had the stuff that we did, like the pens with the four different, you know, so some of these pens were illegal in Catholic schools. Illegal. Contraband. Come on. You, you couldn't, couldn't come in. The, oh Jim, you couldn't have certain pens. You kidding me? Just Only certain green ink? No green ink. Black or blue? Or red. Red was mostly for the teachers. Is that why they were contraband? They didn't want you like changing grades and stuff with a red pen? They weren't open to change anything different. <laughs> they were not open to... The, everything was uniform, including the clothing. <laughs> including the uniforms. Including the uniform. Yeah, we were... Um, they were strict about like... I remember having like the pen... Remember the pens that had like the four different colors? Those Absolutely. are still still pretty great. Yeah, those, those would go in the uh, the June drawer. I had a teacher that had a couple of teachers that had the June drawer. You'll get this back in June. Ugh. <laughs> Just loving the rules, you know? Did they ever actually give you your stuff back at the end of the year? I don't even know that you really, you know, wanted it by then. Oh. But it was oh, like uh, with a
1: green pen over the summer.
0: <laughs> you know, you picture the the drawer opening and like the the chattering teeth <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and all the uh, stuff jumping around and just random, just illegal shit. Fourth grade. <laughs> you're walking out of
1: class for the last time. And he's like, hey, again, here's your whoopee cushion.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We had another bus today. We took down the fourth grade cartel. We got a lot of whoopee cushions and we got some hand zappers, some invisible ink spray There's and little poppers from 4th of July and a purple pen. Oh man. Some <laughs> markers Oh, the markers that smelled. Oh, my God. If you open one of those in the back of the class. Yeah. Future would sniff that out. <laughs> it would be sequestered until till like you said, June. Well, you wouldn't want that stuff when it came around you probably forgotten it even like the uh the stuff remember stuff you put on the end of your pencil like uh like a a troll yeah might have like a wig or yeah no, none of that jim you did not Here, here's what catholic, the Isn't catholic school experience one? was this you are unique you are a special person no one in the world is like you but you can't express that in this building. <laughs> Here, we are all the same. 100% uniform. No one's hair is going below the collar. (laughs) Boys, you hear me? No, I was an exact length. A a lot of that going on. You can't wear, girls, you're wearing leg warmers. I know it's negative 20 degrees out, but you will wear a skirt and you have bare legs. You can't pull your socks up. (laughs) But by the way, no one is like you. You are a little, you are a snowflake. Special flower. (laughs) Special flower. That's awesome. I love the back-to-school energy, though. You know, even the parents have it. You're very excited. You know, you walk the kids to school the first day. You get the pictures. You get, obviously, there's some apprehension this time around with the the variant. Yeah, did you get the kids new masks? Yeah, they got some, um, had to get some new masks. After last year, they're all, you know.
1: Uh-huh. Back to, all to little, school. They're
0: all a little My yellowed saw out.
1: these masks. <laughs> they're yellowed out.
0: We were talking last night. We had dinner. Um, I'm actually Jim. I'm in Vail, Colorado. I am outside right now. I showed you a little bit of the view here. I'm in the, the mountains. If I seem a little lightheaded, it's cause I'm 8,100 feet in, in the sky. Holy shit. The elevation here, they do warn you about the, um, the oxygen level dropping. You have to get, you have to, what do you call it? Assimilate. Yeah. You have to get used to it or whatever. So how long are you there? Um, we got here yesterday and we're going to be in Colorado till Wednesday. We're going to Red Rocks on Wednesday, really hitting the tour. We were all over, uh, all over the place, right? Isn't that the whole reason, the whole genesis of this podcast? I think it is. So we're back to doing virtual. So tell me about this weekend. Where
1: were you? You started in what city?
0: Phoenix, Arizona. We had a couple shows there then into San Diego and then Vail yesterday. And Sarah came out, and met me in Vail. Um, so this is, um, this is where we are. What was I saying though, about the, uh, see that I am lightheaded. See how much I, I lost my place. I'm dizzy. Jim, Jim, can you hear me? I'm, I'm looking at you, but I can't, <laughs> I was saying that we were at dinner last night and we started mm-hmm. talking about the, um, the masks and the contribution. I don't know if you noticed this, but women in particular, very much concentrating on their eyebrows these days and framing their eyes. You're hearing a lot about sculpting and shaping. I heard that there was a, there's something you can do. You get like a perm, an eyelash or eyebrow perm. That? And um, I don't know what it is, but I'm thinking that the masks have really driven uh-huh. business towards the eyebrows and, and eyeballs.
1: Yeah. No one's getting their hair cut as often. There's not as much to do on your mouth. It's like, we got to
0: focus. We got to reframe everything. Yeah, we really do. Even iframes, I'm sure. People are picking up new glasses and every everything's up here. The focus, nosing up. What is that? I want to know about this eyebrow perm. Oh, I know. I, I'm going to have to look into that too. But I know that um, they've done shaping and sculpting and a lot of eyebrow work. But anyway, maybe we should stick on the, the back to school theme. I wanted to ask you about... Um, I know this is a weekend. A lot of people are moving uh, into college, starting that new chapter, right? And that's a, um, I can remember those days, rolling into the dorm. That's that's an intimidating day. It is. Now, you were the second person in your family to go to Dayton, is that right? I was the third, actually. Both of my sisters are flyers. My dad is a flyer. We have a little bit of a Dayton tradition. And I ended up there because... You know, I didn't really apply anywhere else. I think I applied to one other school, Marquette. Dude, this is the theme of my life, you know. Mm -hmm. Applications are due tomorrow. You haven't done them. So (laughs) I I just ended up. I kind of ended up at Dayton. I'm so glad I did. It was, you know, wonderful experience. But moving in to the, you know, that's a big day. We got a picture today. Sarah was like almost in tears. Our neighbor, they moved their daughter in and they sent the picture. Like, we just moved our. Our firstborn into college, and now we're in tears leaving the dorm. Uh You know, it's a big, uh, big moment. I
1: think in your family too, you had the added bonus of them being able to like point out their favorite haunts along the journey.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah. I had that. I had my sister there when Mm -hmm. I moved in, so I had that support. Um, My freshman roommate, though, dude, when I moved in, he had like nursery rhyme sheets. Like Come when on. I mood and no, no, no. And not ironically either nursery rhyme sheets and a nightlight.
1: Oh yeah. That's a good, of course you have a nightlight. How are you going to read your sheets? Otherwise
0: <laughs> you don't read them during then, the day. And there was, you know, I'm the youngest. So my parents were thrilled to drop me off. I'm sure they were just like later the nest is now completely empty. <laughs> There was another couple with them when they moved us in because their daughter was going to Dayton too. This other uh, family that lived on our block okay. in Chicago, and um our, my neighbor's dad, Mister Nitchie, took the nightlight. <laughs> took it, stole the nightlight. Now I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know the story, but they're in the elevator, I guess, leaving the dorm, and they get outside, and he shows my mom, like, "Hey, look what I grabbed," and she. She's like, what are you talking about? Well, then I do remember, like, I was sad, too, that they left. And I was like, oh, man. And then they came back. And I was like, well, you know, it kind of ruins the goodbye. Yeah. You know, the emotional. Right. Well, said. The, and, now and they came back under cover of, like, something else. And then, like, you know, a year later or something, I heard the nightlight. Uh, the nightlight, night that story. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear the
1: story or did you read it on your roommate's sheets?
0: I read it on the sheets in his (laughs) wigwam. Yeah. We didn't have a great experience. We ended up breaking up, um, after the first semester, Mm -hmm. there was a, there was a prank call incident and, um, he turned me in uh, on, uh, (laughs) making prank calls
1: and, and nightlight theft, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I was home for Christmas break. And my mom was like, um, I just got a call from his name was Joel. I just got a call from Joel's mom. And, uh, are you making prank calls? Like, did you have to meet with, cause I had, a, I got like busted by public safety or something. Apparently they trace these calls, Jim. It's only a, few, a four number extension. <laughs> so we had a whole, you know, you get the, a book with everyone's extension. So sure. if you first go through and it's like, you know, I remember Joe Theismann's son was like a freshman there. So we were calling him as, you know, as Lawrence Taylor's son, just, to, <laughs> just to, to welcome him on campus. there was a kid named john lennon Uh uh-huh we called john lennon sure john lennon actually went by pat patrick lennon he became oh man i know lennon became one of my best friends yeah yeah you you know lennon (laughs) yeah he was he was on our early hit list (laughs) you guys just
1: pranked him so much eventually it was like hey you want to come over like how did that work out
0: (laughs) we just uh yeah i ended up it's not the biggest school in the world so you ended up like putting it all together but yeah the we've talked about and i'm saying prank i always call them crank crank calls yeah we were big on on crank calls freshman year very mature
1: that is so funny and the most important phone call of all was the one from joel's mom to your mom
0: oh i know i just remember my mom saying like you're an adult you got to figure that i'm not getting involved and then uh and then he moved out can
1: i ask a question too i, I don't want to belabor this here as an 18 year old obviously going to school but uh, uh, was it one nursery rhyme or were there multiple nursery rhymes (laughs) on the sheet was it a a collection of like Aesop's fables
0: he was a bit delicate okay and had a lot going on and um, yeah he had a wigwam his bed was named the wigwam because he put sheets around he was on the bottom bunk okay so he put sheets around ah privacy and, uh, action? Well, he slept with his eyes open. So I think okay. that he needed like a ton of darkness. I don't know why. I'm not sure what the nightlight was for. Maybe just comfort. Um, but yeah, he uh, it just didn't work out, Jim. I know.
1: <laughs> well, now that you tell me he sleeps with his eyes open, I understand the reading materials on your bed. I totally get that. Now that makes sense. You need something to do <laughs> while you're conked out. I
0: remember I brought one kid in there to get a look at him when he was sleeping with his eyes closed. Like pulled the wigwam back a little bit and he jumped and like hit his head on the top bunk underneath. Oh my God. Because he thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Scared the hell out of him. Oh, that's hilarious. How was your uh experience moving into northern Illinois?
1: Yeah. So I went later in life. You know what I mean? I went like to community college first several times before I ended up uh, with my failed at, times. At, uh, uh, at Northern,
0: but um, maybe the community college experience is more rich for material. It really is. Oh, well, by the way, you have a great, you had a great community college bit when I met you.
1: Oh yeah. I'm oh, an old a oh, classic man. bit. So dumb. I talked about the fact that I one of a, a kid I went to high school with was going to be one of my teachers. I was like, "Do you have any idea how embarrassing that is being a teacher at a community college? Ah, oh, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> no, it's not. A, it's, it's like a standard, deal. like early comedy misdirection joke. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah. like a funny, but you know, non sequitur, whatever. But it was, uh, I, I milked that for years, man. That was a, that was a staple in the act, but no. So I went later in life. I was 21, 22 ish when I, uh, when I started at Northern. So I was like, I was, you know, in a single dorm, um, other juniors and seniors. So I was like the, the guy who jumps in on season three of the TV show. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, what? no, I'm here. I'm one of you guys. Let's all hang out. You know, that was like,
0: who's this guy? And you're like, I'm 21. <laughs> that was, I, I am your best friend. That was a big
1: key. I had a lot of friends who, uh, were, you know, very helpful in paying for my beer as long as I, uh, purchased theirs, which led to the fact that I wasn't at Northern for as long as I would <laughs> like, I think.
0: A lot of, a lot of I buy you fly.
1: Yeah. A lot of that going on. Um, my, my uncle Pat, who's, uh, an avid Brimley, as you know, um, loves the program and, uh, he went to Northern and, uh, so really, you know, hooked me up when I got there, it helped me introduce me to the right people and everything. Um, but yeah, it was a cool experience. I liked it, but it was definitely different than like, being eighteen, your parents moving you into a place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what kind of beer cool. were
0: you? Uh, what, what beer were you buying? Because we were oh, Mo- we were Milwaukee's best light, really campus. beast light, and it's not a beast light campus anymore, as I understand. I think they moved on to like natural light at some point, or but we were into that. And then if we splurge, remember like the the rumors about Ice House, like the more more alcohol, Ice House is like oh yeah
1: yeah you know, higher
0: six percent, or Then the Red Dog. Then you had the, uh, you know, the guys that couldn't hang drinking Zemas. <laughs> those were all the, uh, the, the, that was like the, the beverages of choice. Zima is a
1: classic. Remember Hooch?
0: Dude, what are you, three Zemas deep? You got to get home. <laughs> Hooch? I don't remember. Hooch? What the hell is that? It was like an
1: orange drink. There's always been some variation of like the the sweet, fruity drink that's out there. And for us, it was like these blue bottles and they had orange hooch. And, uh, you know, it was like it was like uh, orange sun-kissed if it was like 7% oh, yeah. alcohol.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll just get ripped yeah. on that. Some Mad Dog? You know what you Mad know Dog how- backwards is? Goddamn! <laughs> Drink some of that, some Mad Dog and Boone's Farm. And then you could mix more at that age, too. You know, put it all together, bong some, funnel some, shots, sink the Bismarck. Remember that game? I do not. Sink the Bismarck was, it was like you would have a floating glass of beer. Okay. In like a a bowl of beer.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And you have to pour a little bit in the, the floating glass. To not sink it, but and if you sunk it, then I think you had to like drink the bowl.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous. Like any other drinking game, everyone is getting annihilated.
1: <laughs> I love that's the difference between community college, going to a state school, and someone who went to Dayton. Is that even your drinking games are historically accurate? You've got like yours are like sink the Bismarck. Ours were <laughs> yeah. just like asshole. <laughs> What's that? Well, if you're the <laughs> asshole, you drink. Like that's it.
0: I'm going to flip point. this coin and someone's going to ha- chug a beer. It's either me, you or me. You want to <laughs> play? Yeah, this sounds like a fun game. Now <laughs> you've, now, if you play sink the Bismarck, you have to wear a mask. A mask. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm sure of that. Um, you don't remember oh. Hooch, huh? No, that looks like, um, like the Mexican uh, yeah, soda that you see. It in, does. Uh, Hibarito's. Yeah. Hey burritos, yeah, it yeah. does look like oh, alcoholic
1: burritos. I love the fact that uh, Mad Dog goddamn thing. I don't know how that wasn't their slogan the entire time they were in <laughs> existence.
0: I love hooch though. I thought hooch was
1: just a generic term for what do y'all hopped up on hooch? What do you mean drinking hooch? And that's and this was the most generic drink possible. So they they took that and then the, that song Who Got the Hooch came out.
0: So people who were drinking oh, yeah. hooch felt
1: slightly better about themselves, not by not by much, not for long, you know, but temporarily they had a little reprieve.
0: Did you guys ever have like a case race
1: no where you would just like you'd multiple have like people
0: three or four guy teams and you'd have to drink a case of beer as quickly as possible <laughs> i love the games i know the games too the key to the game was what time are we starting like yeah we can't start now no but there were people that
1: did yeah we did uh happy hour which is where you have to do a shot of beer every minute for 60 minutes, which doesn't seem awful until you think about the fact that that is five beers an hour. And that's just a lot in your system. You know what I mean? And then, uh, and we failed miserably at that. Everyone like puked by quarter till, you know, and it's like, we should try the century club, which is a hundred minutes in a row. So we tried that another
0: time and we're met with a similar failure. Oh my goodness. The The binge drinking, very dumb, very ridiculous. But we do remember it. At least we're alive to talk about it. Remember the first part of it for sure. Um, so anyway, anyone that's going back to school or dropped a kid at college, just know that they're safe. It's a very safe environment, and they're making very responsible decisions. They're
1: gonna be fine.
0: <laughs> Never mind the fact of the proliferation of recreational drugs since all right. since the time <laughs> that we went to school. Oh, and you're all right. Come on, you're ruining I'm these parents' kidding. day. They're making great decisions. I know. They're. They're offspring of Brims. That's they true. They know what they're doing. It's a good point. All right. So anyway, uh, I want to switch gears a little bit and get into the documentary. I don't know how much we can get into it because it's so good. And I want to give people a chance to watch it. But the Val Kilmer documentary, dude, it is Check it out. so good. So good. Unreal. I, I realized how much I did not know about this guy. And I've always been a fan. I didn't know he had that kind of a, a reputation for being difficult on set. Yeah. But. His story blew me away.
1: The origins, I mean, the the family history, the, you know, and layers to that. Like you're just yeah. watching and just learning more and more and more all the way to like, and I don't want to give away much either, but like, like the youngest actor ever accepted into Juilliard, yeah. you know, you don't realize, and then just seeing the, there's home videos and stuff and you just really see like how locked in you have to be to be oh. that good at acting.
0: Right. just how locked in he was from the start. Yeah. His whole his with his brothers. And then the, um, you know, the audition stuff he did on his own, like when he was trying to go after like Stanley Kubrick and maybe get in full metal jacket or get into some of these movies, he would send his own tapes and he recorded anyone who hasn't seen this yet. This isn't really giving anything away. He was like one of the first guys to, um, walk around with a video camera. Yeah, He has the footage that he captured backstage during his career. That alone is worth checking out the documentary, just to see him on the set of Top Gun, to see him um, when he did the play and the Broadway play in New York and some of the heavy hitters he was with there that you'll you'll see when you uh, when you watch the documentary. And then, you know, the challenges and struggles that he's had health wise and had some personal tragedies in his family. It is so good. I will uh, admit that maybe I shed a tear watching yeah. the, uh, the documentary. Sarah was, as well, uh, some, some weeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also admit that Pat cried. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> no, no I did. it was really great. It was
1: really great. <laughs> I um, called you crying. I said, are you, watching? are you watching this? I was like, you just shipped your kids off to school? Why are
0: you crying? <laughs> I was like, babe, hand me that Kleenex. She's like, they're bringing that to school. <laughs> they each had to bring two boxes of Kleenex, five jars of Lysol, paper towels. I was dipping into the supplies, wiping my wiping my tears away with <laughs> erasers. Do you no, just like? Uh, is it all Amazon now? It's all uh, no. I actually think that Sarah likes to do. She doesn't like doing like the packages and yeah. She likes going out and getting the uh, That's getting the, the stuff. Plus the kids, then they can pick out some of the folders or backpacks or. Yeah. It's a whole the vibe. Boys, boys both got white socks backpacks.
1: Oh yeah, I love seeing that.
0: Which so here's here's how that went down. They called me. They're leaving the store and Sarah's like, "Ah, right, boys got new backpacks." Now everyone can appreciate this because we got a little bit of a uh, refund from Dick's Sporting Goods uh, on the <laughs> on the basketball hoop. So once I let that known that there was a gift card to Dick's that was burned up immediately. So I got the call, like there were, I was on the road and they're like, we're just leaving. And we got new backpacks. I'm like, what, you know, my reaction is always like, what's wrong with the backpacks they have. Right. But they were beat up. They're torn up. And, you know, they bring a water bottle every day and um, like the side pockets yeah. anyway, it's like tearing through. Sure. Anyway, they did need to be replaced, but I was kind of like, really? new backpack and then they showed them to me they're both white socks i was like nice yeah all right, approved the indoctrination continues <laughs> the white Sox it. summer did you watch the field of dreams game i did did you i did
1: dude another thing yeah i mean uh incredible i mean cinematic uh, it was uh, the game itself had such a great storybook ending like I was a little annoyed by some of the pretense initially. I was just like, okay, but when are we going to start playing baseball? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's really nice and nostalgic, but it, at some point it was just like, let's, let's go. Can we get Costner off the field and maybe some baseball players? And then they come through the cornfields. Like, oh, okay. I'm back in. All right. Right. And then, uh, and then just the drama to end that game was that you could not have scripted it better. They tried.
0: You're not kidding me. Right. It'll be better than the movie. <laughs> yeah. The, the game was insane, and I was following it. I was watching a little bit, and then I had to get to the venue, and then I was following it um, on my phone, went to do my set. They're up 7-4 or 7-5 going into the ninth. Yeah. Anyway, and then I got off, and I saw the final was 9-8. to eight. They won. I was like, what happened? Yeah, right. I had to go back and see the uh, the TA walk off, and it was phenomenal. I really haven't talked to anybody yet that was there, uh, but I would love to hear more about the experience, uh, but I can bet that they're going to be doing this annually. I would like to see the white Sox be in it annually somehow that only be nice? because only because they're the team featured in the movie. Of course. Right. Like it should be, it would be nice if the white Sox could, could control that game.
1: Yeah. And, but you know, that I mean, MLB, any entity of that size is going to do whatever they can to make themselves the most money. Right. So yeah. eventually they're going to start adding other, you know, oh, fan yeah. bases in there and stuff to make it.
0: It's gonna be bigger, but it'll be like St. Louis and Boston next year, you know. But I would love to get, to get out there. I have had the opportunity to go to Dyersville. Have you been? I have not. It is really something to see, and obviously it's different now because they built the other stadium. Sure. But you know how you go to a place where they filmed the movie, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess this is it. Yeah, it kind of looks. Mm-hmm. It's it's unmistakable. It's almost like untouched. Okay. Um, from when they shot the movie, when we went there, it's it's just like. I can't believe that this was real. You know, while is this (laughs) heaven? No,
1: it's, (laughs) I did like how they worked that in as well. I mean, again, everything was cinematically very well done. Just uh, yeah, it was great. And a great ending to the game. Where is tires
0: bill? Were you a little bit too much on Costner though? Coming up
1: (laughs) at the beginning. Yeah. I was like, I'm here to watch a baseball game at some point today. You know what I mean?
0: But then you saw the players and they were really fired up. They were like going out of their way to, walk by him and shake his hand and uh no but i hear you uh dyersville is only like 200 miles west of chicago it's not it's a day trip man you could do it i'm gonna be i'll go with you let's let's do the 100th episode there let's not do this let's not start (laughs) changing things up we only
1: just sell eight thousand seats i'm gonna be in uh Davenport this weekend, doing some shows. It's about an hour and a half from there. I was hoping it was a little closer worth checking out, but we'll see. Well,
0: Davenport, dude, is one of the quad cities, right? You can, yeah. the river's right there, jump in your kayak and make your way over. I don't know if you can get, it might be a little landlocked, but you might be able to navigate the waters. I know I love you were back, back in the kayak this weekend, weren't you? I
1: love that you're preemptively making fun of my kayaking trip from this weekend. Cause I, I told you what I, I, went like on a river excursion. I went like kayaking down a river. It was, you know, multiple hours. You got your, your supplies and everything. You got a group and they're like, no one ever tips over. Everything's going to be fine. And then about, I'd say 30 seconds into the trip, I tipped the kayak.
0: You tipped it. <laughs> <laughs> was anyone else in it with you? Or was it no, solo, solo.
1: So just like leaving the dock immediately. <laughs> just go under, just immediately go under. Were it was feet very trapped in there. No, it was really simple. It was, I mean, but they like, they push you off, you know, into the river to start you, right? You get in your kayak and they push. So I didn't have my oar in my hand or anything yet. And uh, they like kicked me off. And I was like traveling, just caught a wave and just traveling full speed, like right at this older woman who was kayaking for the first time. And I'm just like headed to T-boner, you know what I mean? Just like full speed directly at her. And so I just dumped, I just turned and dumped because I didn't know what to do. Like yeah, yeah. are these bumper kayaks? I don't know if you're allowed to just go hitting other people in the water. You don't want to mess, any, you know. It's my first time doing this. They hadn't taught us a stop feature yet, and I didn't have my oar in my hand. Like we're literally just getting out, and it was just a perfect, uh, perfect storm to just go over immediately. Oh man, was it white water? Was it? Thankfully, we were still so close. We were just, you know, we were meters away. I mean, this was at the very beginning. So it was easy to just kind of grab my kayak, pull off to the side and, and redo it. But uh, you have a, you to really... look like a real idiot. Yeah. I mean, that's the most gym thing you can have happen, right? Like no one's going to tip. It's going to be me immediately.
0: You've really adjusted to the aquatic world. You're measuring in meters now. I felt <laughs> I was a couple of meters. I fell. Like I descended about a league under the sea. I was a league or two. <laughs> I was a Twain, Twain deep. That's. Uh, were you scared? We had a life the preserver least. on. Yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: everything was so safe and easy. You just feel dumb. You know what I mean? Like you, they're, they're <laughs> like no one ever tips. But I had to. I had no way to go. And then afterwards, the person was like, "You could have just hit me." And I was like, But well, it's easy. But you were screaming. You were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like coming at you full speed. The older lady said that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you should have just hit me. Like, that's very easy for you to say now. You didn't feel that way <laughs> when I was torpedoing you, when I was sinking your Bismarck.
0: <laughs> How long were you out on the river? Three hours. Holy cow. And that dude. was cool. Yeah, it was How nice. Are the inside of your knees. Nah, they are. <laughs> did <you laughs> lather
1: up? I did, but not effectively. Oh see? my God,
0: it's <laughs> back.
1: It's back. Oh, going into the water, apparently removed some of the sunscreen and it, uh, nicely ruined the crackers that were part of lunch. So that was fun.
0: Well, you learned nothing, nothing whatsoever. (laughs) Three hours is a long time, dude. Yeah.
1: But it was a blast. It was awesome. Uh, you know, you just several miles up the old Fox river, uh, really, you know, a good time. Happy. I did
0: it. Like, do you ever pull over and, uh, are there like rest stops along the way? Can you can you pull into a dock and and have a couple of drinks? Yeah, some, you're along, uh, so you're along. Had a had a hooch.
1: <laughs> you're along the edge of the river, so you can. We didn't stop at all, but you can. The the most annoying. I mean, there's huge, but like I've kayaked on a lake, which is fine. A river, you know, you're you're adding all kinds of different stuff that that is very different. The most annoying thing was these dudes in like uh, fitness kayaks, who uh, they're not the ones you sit in. You know, you kind of like kneel on them. And oh, yeah. just like massive arms, like, like all they do is just work upper body. You know what I mean? Like right. shoulder pads without shoulder pads, you know, just that muscle, just like passing us every 30 seconds, just showing us how good they are at this, just by, you know, like circling us like a bunch of motorcycles, just like showing off how great they are while we're slowly paddling down a river.
0: Well, but you're just was, out there to enjoy it, right? And that's they're- it. And they're, they're out there.
1: Out. Yeah. But So it was like, okay, we get it. You're really good at this. Yeah, but it was a blast.
0: It's just nice to be outside with nature. I've noticed, Jim, since the, um, you know, the pandemic, you've been embracing the world outside. Heck, I'm here right now, outdoors. I don't th- know that I would be doing this previously, for I'd be stuck inside. For right? sure.
1: What's Some the plan? Out. You've got, uh, speaking of outdoors, you've got
0: something pretty exciting coming up later this week. Red Rocks? Yes, and uh, we're fired up. So, you know, Sarah is right here. She's literally within earshot. This is the only podcast she's ever listened to, and she can only, <laughs> she can only hear half of head. It. So she's finally listened to half an episode. <laughs> so we are going to um, this Vale village. I've never been to Vale, but they have like a little village. It's like a Swiss village. Um, it's really something to see. This, like, I, I'm sure people can relate to this. I just have never been to ski towns before. Um, it's a ski town. And it's beautiful and it's super like it's a lot of wealth here, you can tell. No. Um, Super. Oh no, Jim, believe me. Wow. Believe. Yeah. Uh (laughs) A lot of money here. New to me. A lot of a lot of people with dogs. A lot of out you know, Colorado. These people, they love being outside. Yeah. They're just that's why they moved here, I think, most of them. In a ski
1: town is everything done via ski lift. You go like, babe, let's go down for the continental breakfast, and then you just walk over, and a ski lift takes you down there. That's how I picture it. We've been ziplining
0: everywhere, just about everywhere. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, no, it is a. Uh, they have the the gondolas. We might do that today. Go up the uh, go up the mountain, check some stuff out, get some, uh, you know, different perspective of the of the area. Um, so yeah, we're just. Uh, enjoying, make, trying to make a little bit of a, of a vacation. And we're we'll going to go down to Denver tomorrow. And that'll put us closer to Morrison, where Red Rocks is. And uh, we'll be there Wednesday night. How exciting is that? Do you know how how many seats are in that venue? I think it's almost 10,000 people That's that incredible. will be there. Incredible. I think that just, that number jumps out at me. I heard yesterday from a buddy of mine. He said that um, his friend told him, anyone that performs at red rocks during their performance they have a spiritual awakening so you mean they get high what is it <laughs> mushrooms what are they i don't know what it means but now i'm gonna be like looking for it in the middle of a show you just you know what i don't want to do this anymore i quit <laughs> what's going on he's not doing his closer <laughs> it's walking away from the oh, game he closed all right he <laughs> closed the whole thing up. He is done. So yeah, I'm excited about that. And um, we'll be posting more more things from, from the tour. That's what I'm trying to do is just get some people some behind the scenes stuff. And
1: yeah, know, I saw one. I'm gonna I'm gonna wando for you. Did I see a picture of you and Lefty?
0: Yeah, Phil Mickelson, dude. He came out to San Diego. I think he lives there. Okay. He came out to the show and I was looking out looking out there, right? Mm-hmm. before I went on and I'm like is that Phil Mickelson now he's been at a show before he came to one of our shows. I say one of our shows He came to see Sebastian in sure. Las Vegas. He's a big Sebastian fan, you know, obviously. Yeah. He came, was came, came, came out again. And then this time, um, someone from the tour went out there. Lindsay went out there and was like, Hey, come on back. We'd love to meet you. So he came back with his wife and, uh, you know, he spent a lot of time with Sebastian actually, and they that's I think great. they had a nice conversation. And then we, um, you know, we got a chance to meet him and got a couple picks, it was cool, very cool. Um, so yeah, we uh, we're just back at it. That's, that's it,
1: incredible I mean, man.
0: He's won some majors, that guy, five that's, of them. Yeah, that's big time. Look at
1: you looking up lefty after you meet him. Did you know the five majors already? or? Like well, when you I knew meet someone at that level, do
0: you do you do a little Wikipedia afterwards? I think I would. Well, I know I know that he's won several. Yeah. I know that for a while they, people were on him because he was, you know, the bridesmaid so many times. I think he yeah. had finished second more than anyone. Is that the um, master specifically, I feel like? Could be. Yeah. But um, I also know that he has gotten over that hump and then then some kind of buried that, you know, he's unmistakably. Um, I'm sorry undeniably one of the, the best golfers ever. Right. So it was cool. Cool. Just to, to meet them. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. Cool. Very cool.
1: I don't want to take a lot of your time. I know you guys uh, you're in Vail, buddy. I'd like you to enjoy that. What, uh, so you yeah, guys I'm can... running out
0: of oxygen, Jim. I can't talk for much longer. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go hook up to a machine. <laughs> they say that your pulse, your pulse ox when you first come up here would be like around 90, 92, and then as you get assimilated, it will, uh, as you adjust, it'll go back up. So I don't know what mine was. I did want get a little run in today and I didn't Look feel, at you. I didn't feel any different to be honest with you. I wanted to. Yeah. The elevation doesn't mess with you
1: a no. mile and a half up. You're still running.
0: It's, uh, I'm, it cannot penetrate my, my lungs. Good for you, buddy. I'm going to jinx that. <laughs> Probably be on a ventilator next week.
1: You're going to be fine. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you need to save those pipes for Red Rock. I don't want to keep you on too long. What? Yeah, uh, we
0: kind of we kind of d- said up front we we're going to have a little bit of a shorter episode. I'm going to get back out here. Sarah wants to go to the village, and um, yeah, we're going to go grab some lunch and make a day of it. Uh, love that we were able to do this. Grab a remote episode. Very excited about the century mark. I mean, I was <laughs> contemplating it, Jim hundred episodes we should be doing something live it'll be great i cannot wait for it october 3rd and um like you said up top we're gonna do it at zany's on Wells street the original zany's comedy club in old town four o'clock on october 3rd and by next week we will have a place for you to go to get tickets because we are going to be partnering i can also say this we're going to be doing this with the danny did foundation one of the things we talked about was if we're going to do this live let's try and make something uh good out of it, right? Absolutely. So, so we're going to ask the brims to buy a ticket and the money will not go to us. It's going to go to the Danny Did Foundation. A foundation that you and I have done a lot of work with. They're doing awesome stuff helping out kids with epilepsy. They're uh, really making a difference. And then maybe when we do another a live one, we can partner with someone else that is doing some cool stuff and uh we'll all feel good about it.
1: Agreed. We have a couple of groups that we've done some charitable work with and uh... Certainly Danny did be in one of those and another one of those groups I'm doing a live event for this Thursday, August 19th. So I'm gonna plug that one more time. I'm gonna be hosting the I Got A Guy fundraiser and sausage festival at Galleria Marchetti in Chicago. There's also a virtual ticket option available. Um, So you can check out the I Got A Guy Foundation for more information. And uh, that one benefits Prater-Willi Research and Chef yang Syndrome.
0: I Got A Guy. They're awesome. Love them love the nelson family and uh, we had a good time doing the virtual event last year that was one of our really first elaborate virtual events as we were kind of leaning into that new world right we had a good time so have fun there dude say hi to everybody for me would you will do my man and uh you have a great time out there say hi to sarah
1: see how she liked her first half an episode and
0: uh, yes i will for sure and everyone if you want to check out we'll be posting some stuff wednesday from red rocks and then uh from there i'm going into reno and las vegas and saratoga california this is the longest trip jim i'm about to go do laundry in this hotel another another reason i gotta go i gotta do laundry on the road what the hell happened to us all right go do your thing bud
1: (laughs) all right buddy bye brims we'll see you soon